Welcome to Retail Radio, the pulse for all things retail real estate. Brought to you by Retail Strategies, we uncover the latest expansion plans, retail developments, and site selection strategies of top restaurants and retailers. Join us for exclusive interviews with industry insiders, including the knowledgeable team from Retail Strategies, as we explore the dynamic intersection of commerce and community. All right, welcome to Retail Radio. I am Ryder Richards. I'm here today with Madison and Megan. Madison, hi, thanks for working at Retail Strategies. Can you tell us what you do there? Uh, yeah, so I'm Madison Neal. I am the portfolio director for the Southwest region at Retail Strategies. I serve as the primary point of contact for all of our client markets in uh, Texas, New Mexico, uh, Colorado, and uh, certain parts of Louisiana. Um, and like I said, if there's any requests or anything that the client needs, then uh, I do most of the presenting and, and outreach to them. And my name is Megan Jimenez. I am the retail development coordinator. Um, I cover Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, and certain parts of Louisiana. My main role is to talk to the retailers day in and day out, gather feedback, um, send properties over, speak to all of the property owners, um, and work in tandem with Madison. So this last week, y'all went to a show. Y'all went to ICSC Red River. So first off, what was your general impression of the show? Um, I thought it was a good show. I mean, it's usually when we go to these, Megan and I attend um, three to four a year on behalf of our clients. Um, and this one is usually one of our biggest ones uh, outside of the Las Vegas show. Uh, but it, it was a good show with good attendance, I thought. And it seemed like there was high energy among Retail Row. In agreement with what Madison said, um, this had a really good turnout, a lot of retailers on Retail Row, got a lot of FaceTime with them. Um, this is by far my favorite show to attend. It caters a lot towards um, our region, um, so we get a lot of time to talk specifics with the retailers. So overall, great show. Cool. Very good. Mm -hmm. Was there any sort of general trend that you saw, the sort of retail industry, retail real estate industry trend there at the show? Um, yeah, we see a lot of growing entertainment concepts. Um, Mr. Gotti's Pizza being an example, um, just popping up everywhere. Um, they've changed their site plans where they're considering sites 12,000 to 14,000 square feet. Um, and that in, that includes their entertainment aspect as well as full service sit down for, you know, families. That's a big draw. And a lot of our markets, which are rural markets, they tend to have not a lot of options to go to with their families for entertainment, to eat. So they get to knock, you know, both out at the same time and, and go into Mr. Gotti's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something that we've seen not just at the show, but sort of industry-wide is kind of the resurgence of the entertainment brand. Uh, you know, there's there's obviously things like Top Golf, but there's a lot of competitors there like uh, Flight Golf, who are usually in attendance. Uh, Home Run Dugout is another one, um, but just kind of going in what she was talking about with entertainment being sort of a big thing now. Mm -hmm. So how does that affect their real estate? You know, I, re I really would say that it just gives them an advantage. Um, there are a lot of bigger brands that have always dominated the entertainment market. So, 
you know, looking at the smaller markets that we put in front of them, I would say it gives them the opportunity to beat others out and change before and get ahead of the curve before others are. Um, they're looking at smaller sites, um, for example, which, you know, a lot of the bigger guys are like, hey, I need, you know, 20 plus. Um, so it, it, it's really hard to, to find that for them. And the smaller sites, you know, really allows them to get a better eye. Like we can't push it to, you know, Top golf, so flight golf then comes in and, and beats them to the market. There's not a top golf around, so they're going to do gangbusters and numbers. So, yeah. And, and a lot of the brands that we're seeing now too um, are like traditional brands that have you know, been around forever, like Sonic. Mm -hmm. uh, just recently, a Sonic over in East Texas. I don't remember where it was exactly, but uh, just opened their own branded pickleball courts at their location. So um, we're starting to see a lot of these existing retailers kind of catch on with the, mm -hmm. the trends there and come up with creative ways to get people in. Mm -hmm. yeah. This brings up something else too, is we've been seeing a lot of beverage concepts expanding. You want to talk to that a smidge? Um, sure. HGO was the first one that comes to mind. They're, you know, fast growing brand all over Texas. Um, but now they're looking at, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Florabama line. So that's really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely been over the last couple of years too a huge push on the coffee front. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like used to pretty much be Starbucks and I mean McDonald's has coffee, but uh, you know now in in the last couple of years we've seen Dutch Brothers move in from mm -hmm. I think they're from the Pacific Northwest, but yes. Dutch Brothers move in and Scooters Coffee moved down from you know the Nebraska region. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of these groups are starting to really recognize opportunity in these markets. Mm -hmm. cool. Let's go back to the show for a second. Was there a single retailer that you really found interesting that made you excited? Was there something that stood out to you? I, I would say Eggs, Eggs Up Grill. Um, they're a full service sit down restaurant. You know, we don't see a lot of those guys. Um, and lately in the last you know year or two, we've seen them pick up a, a bit and Eggs Up Grill is a brunch lunch concept. Um, they're growing in Texas. They're looking at roll markets, which is really exciting. They'll go in main streets. They'll go along the major highway corridors. Um, so that was really, really cool. A lot of our markets ask for breakfast. Not that is not IHOP or Denny's or just, um, something new for them. So this is, you know, something niche for them to, to get Mm -hmm. And and something that I noticed in conversation at the show, uh, one brand, Buffalo Wild Wings, is a good example. A lot of brands have started to, uh, like the, the full service restaurants have started to come up with fast casual concepts mm -hmm. uh, so that they may not be ready to do a full service location in, in one of our markets. But um, Buffalo Wild Wings Go comes to mind for me just because they – they previously were saying, you know, we're not really sure what markets we're looking into. And now they're much more interested in the secondary and tertiary markets uh, that we work with. Um, and then another one was Potbelly. Uh, so it, it's been they haven't been expanding for four to five years, pretty much since COVID. Um, and how many stores did they say they were looking to do? Um, 40 in 2024 and 65 in 2025. Yeah. So, I mean, that's huge to see that, and, you know, to see C brands at this show that have been pretty inactive for mm -hmm. five years or so, starting to make a, make a growth plan again. Yeah. Was there anything else that you encountered at the show that you might want to talk about? 
you know, we talked a little bit, you know, with Inspire Brands um, again, and, and they're, they're now looking at opportunities that involve C stores. Um, so that's a, you know, major, you know, move for some of them who never would have considered something like that. They're now seeing that they can benefit from that plan and are open to looking or viewing any sites that could accommodate that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Who is Inspire Brands and what is a C store? So Inspire Brands is is Dunkin' Donuts, uh, Sonic, Arby's, uh, Baskin Robbins, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Buffalo Wild Wings Go. Um, did I miss any? I don't think so. I don't think so. And C stores are uh, gas station type, you know, locations. Um, you know, some can some consider like travel centers, you know, larger C convenience stores. Um, so yeah. Mm. And one thing I was going to say that I did notice is a lot of brands are needing franchisees, someone to operate the locations. And mm -hmm. we're seeing that kind of more, but I feel like you can add in on this, but I feel like the more conversations I had with people having that obstacle this time, they were saying like, bring us candidates if you have anyone. Yeah. Because um, in the past, that's kind of been, we would look there, but we don't have anyone to run the store mm -hmm. and it sort of maybe doesn't end there, but they don't really offer up much of a follow-up there. And it seemed like there were a lot more of them that were like, no, we, we want to be there. Please help us find somebody. So. Yeah. I can echo that. They are, you know, now more open to reviewing the candidates if we have any and sending um, franchisee packets, information, um, and just they have a lot more tools that will help people establish or invest into a location for them. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you all very much for your time. And yeah. Yeah. We'll do it again sometime. Of course. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks. And that wraps up our first episode of Retail Radio. Remember, stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to explore the ever-changing landscape of retail real estate. And don't forget to visit Retail Strategies for more industry insights and support in navigating the retail market. Now, of course, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, like, review Retail Radio on your podcast platform of choice. Once again, thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep your ear to the ground and your eyes on the trends.